culture is going to constantly change morality. God never changes. Never changes. And so it's a his word lays a foundation of truth. And if you'll begin to hide the word like Shay hides those chocolates in your heart and you'll just tuck those away, I promise you what will happen is when you begin to veer off Holy Spirit, there is a Holy Ghost activator in you that there's a warning system that he's built inside of you that will just start going off. And it feels like your heart's going to beat out of its chest and you start getting a hot flash. For those of you over 40, y'all have to let the gift of discernment let you know if it's menopause or if it's Holy Spirit, all right? But you know what I'm saying. Things will start happening in your body. Why? Because the Lord, he, he's got built-in warning systems to let you know, like, hey, is this, is, is this okay? Is it, is it okay? It also does this. It sets an expectation of correction. Y'all just don't even look at that and don't even write it down because I know you ain't going to want to do it. <laughs> Timothy, all scripture is inspired by God and is, and is profitable, productive for two things. One, to, uh, to uh, tell us what's true. And number two, to correct us when we're wrong. Hey, I'm just telling you, in today's church, especially it's, it's epidemic in the American church. When I say the American church, I'm, I'm talking about Canadian, the United States, and all of pretty much the Americas south of us. But from, it's really that whole North American mindset. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. I experience it almost on a weekly basis. Don't tell me what to do. Like, and it's like, you know, honestly, if, if we were following God to the right place, listen, God didn't create me to be your pain in the butt. That's not, not what he created me for. That's not what he created pastors. I might be that every now and then, but he created pastors to truly watch over their people that God has entrusted them to, to help you live to get you to that right place. But we live in a, in a society that it's like, don't tell me what to do. I'm going to buy my little girl a t-shirt that says, you're not the boss of me. Because I had that happen in my own family. N not our kids, but, but I'm like, you need to take that shirt off of her. Because that is a rebellious mindset. You're not the boss of me. My daughter said that one time to a lady that I look up to as, as a mother. And she's like, you're not my boss. I'm like, hang on just a second. <laughs> she's just going to go meet the word of God of correction, you know. And it's like, <laughs> don't you ever say that. To her again. Do you understand? You respect her. Now we're fixing to go apologize. March her right back out. The rod of correction. The word of God. Got up on her. And never had that problem again. You know. 
But people don't like to be corrected when they are not living out, when they are living outside of God's best for them. I'm telling you, I have watched people break fellowship over being corrected. You know why? Because of shame. I mean, nobody likes to be, you know, uh, wrong. And there's a, there's a shame that comes to it. That's not what we want. But if you get off into that conviction, condemnation thing, there's a difference between conviction and you got condemnation. The enemy's going, oh, what's everybody going to think? Nobody's going to love you. You're not going to be able to. All of this on you, and they'll break fellowship because they don't want to deal with that. And I've, I have literally looked in the face of people and I've said, but how is the body of Christ going to see us show what happens when, it, when we get it wrong? Like, how will we teach them? Like, if we, if we always break fellowship, how, how will the body ever go, oh, that's what it looks like. To operate in love. Oh, that's what it looks like to operate in unity. Oh, that's what repentance looks like. Oh, oh, that's what restoration and reconciliation. What happens when we don't ever allow ourselves to be corrected? Because I'm telling you, everybody gets correction. Everybody. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will correct you. Sometimes you'll be reading the word and the word will correct you because you will see, oh, I'm not living that way. And then there are sometimes God puts people in your path. It might be your friend. It might be your pastor. It might be a mentor, a counselor, but God will put people in your path to correct you. And if that person, you know when people have your best interests at heart. Like I'm telling you, I have corrected people as a spiritual leader, and I've told them, uh, hey, have we learned something here? Like, can we move on from today, and can we, can we move forward? And you and I, we know what's gone on, and, you know, we, we, we're going to correct this, but can we move forward? And it's so beautiful when that happens. And I've shared with this one person, I said, I, I want you to understand the context because outside of destiny, I've had leaders that have never served anywhere in the body of Christ before. And I've, I've shared before, like, hey, I just want you to know, like, I've served on a number of churches, staffs. And I'm just letting you know that there are guys that if this had been me and them, they would have let me know, today's your last day. And that's not how we are. Because we don't operate that way. I had a lady one time to tell me, Pastor, um, you, should, you, should, uh, you should not have that person in leadership and you should kick them out of the church. I'm serious. You shouldn't have them in leadership and you should kick them out of the church. And this was a volunteer leader at our church. And I said, well, I'm not going to do that because that's not how I parent and I'm this person's spiritual father, and I've known them since they were 11 years old. I know their heart. I know they are, you know, uh, I know they're a good person. And 
you know, they made a mistake. It's not a deal breaker mistake. And I don't, I don't, I don't pastor that way. I don't parent that way. I, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't like, here it comes. Here it comes. Bend over, boy. You made that mistake. Here it is. I, you know, I don't, I don't just kick butt and take names, you know? That's not, no, that's not, that's not the God we serve. I said, we're going to have a conversation. And we're going to say, is there, was, was there a better way that you could have done that? Did you use wisdom? Was that the, it wasn't what they did was wrong. It was wrong to that person, but it wasn't wrong to this person or you or me. But it violated this person's conscience. We have to be careful because we can't get into like what you think is right and what you think is wrong. And what, what does the Bible say? What does the word of God say? And so I said, we're going to have a conversation. This is how I do my kids. We're going to have a conversation. We're going to sit down. We're going to talk it through, and we're going to see, can we come to like an understanding of what does God's word say? And then on top of that, was that the best decision? But we don't operate in a way that it's like the correction is like, hey, you messed up, you're unworthy of ministry. Do you know how many people in the kingdom have walked away from their relationship with God and a local church because... The long, hard rod of religion has beat them because they made a mistake. They don't want anything to do with God. They don't want anything to do with the church. I can t can't tell you how many people that I know who have experienced that. That's not how we correct. We correct and speak the truth in love. The truth in love. Man, it's hard to do that. If anybody ever tells you it's easy to speak the truth in love, I'm telling you, that is not hard. That is not easy to do. That is very, very, very difficult to do. Nevertheless, that's what we are called to do as the family of God. So it lays a foundation of truth. It sets an expectation of correction, and it prepares us for good works. So when, when you, this, he told Timothy, hey, it corrects us when we're wrong. It speaks truth to us, but it prepares. And the scripture in some versions says it completes every godly man or woman for the work that God has called you to do. And I'm telling you what, God's got a plan for everybody. Everybody listening to me in this house or on, on uh, uh, live stream, God has this plan for us to operate under a calling, a purpose. And as you operate in your purpose, wherever that is, if you have not, if you're not in alignment with the word of God, you won't even, having a purpose won't even be a clue. Man, I didn't know my life had a purpose until I started uh, maturing in Christ. I had no clue that there was more to my life that was getting up 7 a.m., going to work, 8 a.m., punching the clock, going to the water cooler, going to take lunch, getting off at 5, coming home, cutting my yard, being tired, go get a shower, go sit in the recliner, 
go to sleep, and the next day, guess what we get to do all over again? All of that. If that's the life you're living, there's so much more to life for you. Pastor Rife, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. That's a whole other thing that if you connect yourself with the body, you will learn that through, just through osmosis. You'll pick it up just by being around godly people and regular teaching from God's word. So let's say this together real quick. My heart, when my heart is in the right place, I'll always end up at the right place. I'm telling you, man. If your heart's in the right place, meaning it's aligned with God's word, you're always going to end up at the right place. You're going to end up in the right marriage. You're going to end up in the right job. You're going to end up in whatever you fill in the blank. You're going to end up there. You might go through some seasons of your life where you don't understand it and it doesn't seem like you're at the right place. But... Look at your heart, and it, I'm telling you, if your heart is in the right place, you will end up at the right place. I um, have many times been in situations where it's like, God, I don't know what's right here. I don't know what's right. God, will you show me? And I didn't, I didn't see any signs or anything like that. So what did I do? I just proceeded slowly. I held on to God. And I even one time had God to show me this vision. And it was just this really beautiful vision that kind of, because that's how God speaks to me a lot of times, just in pictures. And I, as I'm praying, I see myself and there's fog everywhere. I cannot see. Visibility is like you can't even see your hand in front of your face. And I was praying for direction on something and I wasn't hearing anything from God. But out of that fog, I just saw a hand come out of that fog. And I knew it was the hand of the Lord, you know. And I reached up and I took that hand. And I'm, I'm saying, but God, I can't see. I don't know where you're leading me. And he said, don't worry about where I'm leading you because I won't lead you wrong. He said, just hold on to me and I will lead you to the right place. And I tell you what, I live my life that way. If I can't, if I don't know what the right answer is, if scripture, you know, doesn't have a specific answer. And let me clarify that. Many times scripture, you know, is not going to give you a specific answer because some things when the Bible was invented or some things were not invented when the Bible was written. But principally, there are principles that guide us that still everything that was written after what we believe the canon, the Bible, the full, the full canon of the Bible was closed everything that came after that invention wise everything that came past that th what does God say about transgender well th there, you are not going to find that word in here but you will find the principles that outline that you see what I'm saying so there's all kinds of things that you can go to but the principles will line up for us and so how, Pastor Rife, how can I, how can I um, apply this today? All right, I'm going to give you, I think, three ways that you can apply it, and I'm going to go very quickly. So the first way is check your heart for rebellion. I'm going to tell you, rebellion is one of those sneaky little things that 
it doesn't just manifest yourself like a to- itself like a toddler. Like, no! It's really subtle. Rebellion is really subtle. When Eve rebelled in the Garden of Eden, it wasn't a in-your-face defiance. It was so subtle. You hardly even knew it was happening. Just be careful. Check your heart for, for rebellion. And just like... Uh, King David constantly would say, God, is there anything in me that I don't see? And I promise you, if you ask God honest, tr- honest questions, he will give you the honest truth. And he will show you things. So, God, is there any rebellion in me? God, is there anything that, like, I know what your word says, but, like, I want to do something differently? Just check your heart for that. The second thing is this. Renounce. Any ungodly soul ties or alliances or partnerships that you've made. Because if you are in alliance with any kind of ungodly soul tie or any kind of ungodly partnership, I'm telling you, an ungodly, this is going to be profound what I'm about to say and so simplistic. An ungodly soul tie is never going to pull you in a godly direction. Never. Never. An ungodly soul tie is always going to pull you in an ungodly direction. And there are some that will, that will yank you in an ungodly direction, and then there are some that it's like, you don't even know you're turning. You don't even know you're turning away from God until you look over and go, how did I get here? How did I end up in this place? And an ungodly soul tie is someone who does not uh, practice the faith. They're not a believer. Don't partner yourself with people like that. In close friendships, Pastor Rife, I got a really close friend that's an unbeliever. Do I have to uh, sever my relationship with them? No. We should be in in, in relationship with people. But Pastor Rife, it sounds like you're saying things that are c- confusing. What I'm saying to you is if you have unbelievers that have greater influence in your life than you do a group of believers, you're out of balance. People who know God's word and live by God's word should be your greatest influencers. And that's what I'm saying. Like, if you have ungodly soul ties, renounce those and take back the authority that you have and say, God, I'm not going to allow this relationship to steer me in the wrong direction anymore. Some of those relationships you have to bring back into a place of balance of their influence, and some of them you do have to sever. You need to cut people out of your life who are not leading you in the right direction and are looking out for your best interest. And this is the third thing, is repent. Like, you change your direction. Remember when I was saying earlier, like, Holy Spirit, you're going to have to hold me? No, you hold yourself back. We live in a day that nobody wants to take responsibility for themselves or their actions. Grow up. Take responsibility for yourself, your actions. And there are times when if you're waiting on Holy Spirit to come into your house and manifest in the physical 
and yank that Twinkie out of your hands when you're supposed to be trying to lose weight, it's not going to happen. You take control. If you think that Holy Spirit is going to manifest and pick up your phone, I forgot, here's mine, and go through your contacts and go, uh-uh, no, girl, mm-mm. I'm the blocking him. I'm deleting him. I'm, mm -mm, I'm doing. It's not going to happen. You repent. Repent means change your way. You repent. You change your way. What is the wise thing for you to do if you're trying to end up in the right place? So that's all I got to say about it. And I'm telling you, if you'll do these things, you'll find yourself beginning to live in a holistic way and you'll start to see growth in your life like you've never seen before. And if you don't want to do that, then just live the way that you want to. But I can tell you, you're not going to end up here. Holy Spirit, as we get ready to leave today, God, I pray that the words that I've had to say, Lord, today have been truthful and loving. And they've been filled with compassion because my life's vision is to help people be the best version of who they are in the light of who you created them to be, God. And my heart is for the people that are here with me today and the people that are watching, God, is that they would live their best life and that, God, they would not make poor decisions and that, Holy Spirit, that our hearts would be aligned with, uh, aligned with you and your word and your heart. And that, God, when we feel Holy Spirit tugging at us, God, that we won't be uh, resistant and rebellious and do our own thing, God. But that we would hear the voice of correction and allow you to correct us, God. And I know I didn't read it to you guys, but Romans chapter 1, if that could just be a little homework for you. If you go and read Romans chapter 1 you're going to read about God's people and how he created heavens and the earth and everything and he revealed himself to people and people chose to do their own thing. And God, after time, after time, after time, and after time of trying to correct them, he steps back and he lets them do their own thing even though it's leading them the wrong direction. Why would God do that? Because God loves us so much, he will not force us to love him. He will not force us to live holy. He says, be holy. Who, who be holy? You be holy. Be holy as I'm holy. Well, where does that power come from? Inside of you. You have the power to live holy. So rise up and strengthen yourself in who God created you to be. It's within your power to make decisions of wisdom based upon his word. It's within your power to correct your behavior. It's within your power to live a godly life. It's within your power to change. So we're going to close. And I want you to pray this prayer with me. Now when it comes to praying prayers that are repeat after me kind of prayers. Um, it does you no good to pray it if you don't partner with it. And a lot of times you don't know, well, how am I going to know? Because I don't know what you're going to say. I don't want to get midway and like, hey, I ain't partnering with that. 
So let me tell you what I'm fixing to pray in, in context. I'm fixing to pray that you will have the courage to make the hard decisions when Holy Spirit begins to convict you. I'm going to pray for you, and I'm praying for me too, that when Holy Spirit begins to convict us, that, that we're not like, leave me alone. But we're like, because that's rebellion. But we're like, okay, Holy Spirit, I feel you. I sense you. I, I feel you drawing me back into alignment. So that's what I'm about to pray. And if you feel like you can come into uh, agreement with that, I want you to repeat after me, okay? So Holy Spirit, help me to be aware of your spirit. To know you're speaking to me when you are convicting me. I will know the difference between your voice and the voice of the enemy. Your voice sounds loving, correcting, and always leads me back to the right place. The voice of the enemy always... Uh, always defiles me the voice of the enemy always beats me up and beats me down so I will know your voice because it leads me back Holy Spirit give me that wisdom and Lord give me the courage I already have the strength You've already given it to me. Give me the courage, Lord, in that moment to correct my path, to correct my decisions, and come back into alignment in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, guys, I pray that the word sinks deep in your heart today. Our prayer team is going to be down front that if you've got anything you want to pray about, come let us pray with you, whether it's spiritual, physical, emotional, financial. Come let us pray with you. And then I just want to rem uh, remind you that on Friday night, that's our encounter. Please come share it on Facebook. It's going to be an amazing night. And it's just going to be a time of just being in God's presence. There's not going to be any preaching or anything like that, no teaching. It's just going to be these ladies ministering in song. And us just really, uh, what we use a term called soaking. Uh, it's just really just, man, just being in the presence of God and letting God do. I'm sure that there's going to be healings. There's going to be impartations. There's going to be uh, deliverance. There's going to be chains broken. But it's all going to be done in, in that musical worship atmosphere. Okay? God bless you. I love you. Thank you all for coming today. Have a great day.